Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give. It's all at one cause. OneCause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event, and you should be using it. Go to OneCause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at OneCause.com. Check them out today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So... Contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide to you and your nonprofit. Your organization is awesome, but sometimes you want to be even awesomer. It's time to get your fundraising on with your host, fundraising expert and author, Patrick Kirby. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to the official Do Good Better podcast. I'm your host, Patrick Kirby. And of course, we talk with people who are going to help our small and medium-sized nonprofits do good better. I'm pretty much on a mission to find all of my super best friends that I didn't know were best friends in the world. And I'm also on a mission to find everybody who has the idea of doing good in their business name or in their mantra or their uh, sort of uh, mission, vision, values in the world. What's weird is when you stumble across somebody who has a very, very similar business name to you, who does very similar things in a very similar space. And it's like the Matrix had uh, introduced you to each other purposefully. And that's the treat I have for you today. Yeah, we're going to get to talk about why your board members should be ambassadors. Yeah, we're going to go down the rabbit hole of you can fundraise a million dollars, but if you don't have a plan to uh, do anything with it, yeah, we're going to get there. But first, I want to introduce a very special guest to the podcast, Laura. She's the founder of Do Good Consulting, and she is my very favorite fun guest this week on the official Do Good Better podcast. Laura, welcome to the show. Hi, Patrick, my partner in doing good crime. I'm so glad to be here. It's way fun and way weird and awesome. And the joy you've brought me uh, or you've given me in conversations prior to being on the podcast is wonderful. And I appreciate you for this. I appreciate you being a guest. People are going to be really weirded out by the title of all the things that happen on this podcast, which is great. And I love this. And they're going to click and they're going to find it on YouTube and, uh, and Spotify and iTunes and everything. 
And before we get into the fun, dirty details of uh, everything, I think they need to know who you are, what you do, and why we're chatting today. The floor is yours, my friend. Sure, sure. Well, I want to I want to point out, like, our, you know, we we have the similarity, right, in the work that we do in the the, the business name that we have. Mind you, good consulting. You one up me by do good better consulting. Um, but I also look at our offices, like we even right. like designed our offices to be like the same thing without even knowing it, right? Because no. we didn't meet that long ago. So um, I am incredibly pleased to be here. Um, and I and I always love talking with people who are of like minds and in, in going out in the world and, and helping others learn how to do the, the good work that they're doing even better. Mm-hmm. Um, my journey into this started sort of on accident. I went, I was going to college to be a lawyer and uh in my junior year, I had one of those sort of come to Jesus moments where you're like, wait, who's dreaming of my living here? It's not mine. And oh dear, I don't have a plan B. And what do I do? And it was actually well stressful, but it was also fortunate because what I ended up doing was stumbling into this um, club meeting after, uh, after classes, right in the evening. And I uh, watched a video on the, ra- the, the grape, the wrath of grapes, not the, ra- the grapes of wrath. So it was about Cesar Chavez and his efforts to organize vineyard workers in California against um, uh, employee abuse, as well as um, environmental uh, abuse. And it was like life changing for me. Uh, it was one of those old VCRs, right? Like it's on a cart, right? And it plugs in and then the, v- the video goes in and goes down into there. Um, so that's how long ago that was. Um, and it set my life on a whole new path of wanting to create social change. And that wasn't what I realized what it was back then. Um, and I've come over time to realize that being a community change maker uh, was, was what I wanted to grow up uh, to be. Um, and so uh, through some evolutions of, of uh, working in and founding different nonprofit organizations for a number of years, um, including a Habitat for Humanity affiliate that was on the brink of bankruptcy and pulling them back, founding an organization in the nonprofit movement um, and running that for 10 years today um, for the last about, I think 16 years now, I've been doing consulting work and uh, focus on fundraising like you do. And especially with grassroots um, driven organizations that are small to medium sized, a lot of them that are volunteer uh, run or at least heavily volunteer run. But I also do a lot of marketing communications and community outreach work and strategic planning and sustainability planning uh, for nonprofits. And see why we've got the uh, same enthusiastic sort of vibe uh, when talking about kind of this stuff. And, and I and I love I love that about you. I love that about your whole sort of you know sort of business being is that we understand that we are just the assistants in trying to make these wonderful ideas uh, uh, happen and that are funded and that are marketed correctly and that are done because we know they're the boots on the grounds doing awesome work helping the community fill the gaps that the government can't, shouldn't, and won't do. And that's the awesome stuff about this. Um, one of the things I wanted to talk to you uh, about today, and specifically because uh, it's on my mind, which is trying to get, and this is a lot of nonprofits uh, think about this all the time, right? They go into a board meeting and they're like, what the hell are you guys doing? And I think the number one thing that boards can do, and they can wrap their heads around, is being really good ambassadors of your organization. But nobody knows how the hell to do that uh, because it's very convoluted and confusing. They just, they show up and they read the notes about four minutes before the meeting starts and it gets into this wild ride of like nitpicking things that shouldn't be nitpicking. And they, it would, they would have more fun and they could do more good if they just focused on being wonderful ambassadors. Could you help us 
navigate how on earth people do that and how we communicate it to our leaders. Sure. Yeah, this is, this is, I get this inquiry a lot from people. There's, we have uh, staff that that are often very passionate about the work that they're, that they're doing. um, But there's a lot of frustration around, you know, the board, you know, isn't doing this or isn't doing that. And Typically, what I found is that while there are certain cases where maybe you might have some what might be called like dead wood on the board, um, it's more so like a lack of clarity and training and, and, and clarity in terms of like the specific things, not just saying be a better ambassador, like what does that look like, what does that mean, so we can talk about that a bit. Um, but also, I love the idea of giving uh, board members very specific tools that kind of pull them forward in the journey. I've got an example of that from a conversation I had with a client just yesterday. Um, this client uh, uh, is here local to me in Michigan, which is where I'm, I'm coming to you live, everyone from uh, Southwest Michigan here. Yep. Um, and they had a, a gala event uh, about a month ago. And I actually attended it as like a secret shopper, if you will. So I was there to do an assessment and an audit uh, with an outsider's view. Um, and one of the things we talked about after the event was uh, how they felt their, their board uh, served as ambassadors um, at the event. And one of the noted things that I actually saw was I, I actually ended up in, in line to get some wine behind a board member and was like dropping every single breadcrumb. I was dropping whole loaves of bread to try to get this person to engage with me, talking about my 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 business as nonprofit consult fundraising consultant. Uh, we also talked about this is an auction or this is an organization that had a had a raffle and an auction. And my husband and I are opening up bed and breakfast soon. So I was like, yeah. And so we we're gonna have this bed and breakfast, thinking that she might you know think well maybe she can donate a stay at the nothing. It didn't happen. So I was like it was kind of a fail, right? So afterwards, when I was talking with the organization's leadership, like the, the the event leadership, they were like, what can we do? So we're having the same conversation as you and I are here. So what can we do to change that? So one very concrete idea, or two very concrete ideas that I came up with um, were one, um, instead of just posting your event online and, and hoping that your board members share and, and amplify it, is get on email and get on text and give them the link of where this was just posted, right? Put it right in their inbox. Um, not everyone is on their social media all the time, uh, looking at everything. Not everyone has you set as their as, as, as following you and seeing first. So if you put this in their mailbox and say, we just posted, you know, the events launched, um, take, you know, the next couple of days and amplify this message. Here's some talking points that you might connect to the message. Um, I've seen that go to work successfully in other organizations. That's really easy. Um, not all board members will do it, but some of them will. So you can apply that to a gala, you can apply it to another event, anything that you have going on. Um, So really that sort of professional handholding, if you will, like giving them a deliverable that they can run with. Um, The other thing we talked about was a really short micro training to give them, and in this case, they were asking me because they're here locally where I live, but I could, certainly this could be done on, on Zoom, would be, could you come in for like a half an hour, an hour, and literally just talk through what people might be seeing at an event and how to handle different scenarios that they encounter? What could we be watching for, listening for? How do we convert that stuff into action for us, right? Like the board member that I was referring to earlier literally should have taken out her phone and said, let me get your contact information. I want to connect you with our director, and I want to follow up with you as well. 
right? Like that's easy enough to be able to do or to find a napkin on a table and write it down or whatever. Um, but sometimes just telling those stories or, or outlining those scenarios is all it takes for a board member to say, or that like light bulb thing to go off over. Here's my light bulb over my head, right? Look at me, Patrick. Stop taking notes. There's my there's my idea light bulb. Oh, I like that. Um, I like that. So yeah. So then the, the so then they're like, oh, I can do that. Like, I, and then those sorts of incremental behavior changes, when done across even half of your board, start to add up to change. I love I love it because it's so simple and, and so tactical and, and like you can do that. Like that's mm-hmm. super easy. I think a lot of nonprofits look at their board and there's probably one or two super fans, like super champions that do most of the work. I, yeah, I think the 80-20 the, rule, right? It's a lot of 80-20 rule, <laughs> but it's like and it's like a heavy lift from those uh couple. But I would I would wonder how do you get your organization to be top of mind all the time and not in like an obsessive. I'm really interested in what your red, green, yellow uh, budget numbers are every week, but it's how do you train them or what do you do to like professionally handhold them for a significant amount of time so that they just get used to it to be, to see where your organization could be beneficial by partnering up or these are the doors I should be opening without being an annoying, hey, 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 think about me, think about me, think about me. Are there are there ways that you have found to organically sort of engage your board to sort of purposely think about what you're doing at a regular schedule? Yeah, so um, I've always found that storytelling and story sharing is one of the places where people get inspired the most. So I like to find success stories and then have those shared to inspire in the case of us talking about how do we get board members to be better brand ambassadors for our groups. Um, find a couple of things, you know, if your staff and, and, or even a board president, one of those 20%, right. That are doing a lot of the work is listen for those success stories and find ways to share them. Right. So a part of that could be like a two minute, uh, story share at the beginning of every board meeting. And, and one of those story shares could be about, uh, you know, a donor that, that simply, uh, or excuse me, a board member that simply said something that led to a person signing up for an event or making a donation or contributing a thing or becoming a volunteer, um, I, I'll give you a, an example of, of that recently. I, I mentioned um, the, the bed and breakfast that we're opening. And, I, and I, this is work that my husband and I do. We love doing interior design work. That's like our jam, like when we're, when we're not doing good. Um, but I, we were at a Chamber of Commerce event recently. And I, we, I just shared a few photos, which would be the equivalent of a nonprofit for sure, with a fellow who has apartments that he is remodeling and, and wants like a different look. And he said, hey, you know, I know you do this nonprofit stuff full time, but would you be willing to be hired to come in and maybe give an, a unique look to these units? I'd like to be able to give them a little bit of an edge in the market. So that's landed me a job, which in the nonprofit world, like a translation of that would be that's a person who's now donating to the organization, right? You've, you've given them something that they've consumed. They feel good about it. They want to be a part of it. They connect with you. Um, so sometimes that's all it takes, right? It was me at a, at a chamber of commerce event, uh, just mentioning this and having the thing I needed handy, right. Which was in that case was the phone, um, to show them, which is, which is a tool that we could use, right? Like we can share like, hi, hello is a e-business card. Any board member could have that on their phone to be able to connect with a, you know, another person. Um, but I always like the, like the, um, 
I call it the, the, the mom bag. Uh, it's a Ziploc bag full of brochures. So take your organizational brochures, grab a Ziploc bag and have them in your purse. So my purse has, you know, my do good brochures and them. my husband will never carry a purse or a purse. Uh, and so what I've done for him is I've created uh, a dad baggie and it's in the, the console of his truck, right? So there's a baggie of my brochures and business cards in there. And he has before out in, you know, doing what he does for a living, which is warehousing. Um, he has encountered occasionally somebody. And then he, I've in, in turn sort of deputized him to be an ambassador because the last in, uh, scenario I can uh, remember was that he was talking to a fellow whose wife worked for, I think it was like the Red Cross or something like that. So he went to his car, got this brochure out and said, you know, your wife might like to connect with my wife. Um, here's her brochure type mm -hmm. of thing. So those are sort of easy, low-hanging uh, fruits where you can talk to the board about, like, I would even say at a board meeting, if we're if we're an organization that's gathering, not virtually, is have like a packet of five brochures or 10 brochures um, at each meeting um, that you can give to them and say, put this somewhere strategic, come back with the baggie empty next month because you've given them all out and we'll replenish mm -hmm. your, your baggie. I've always liked the best practice at board meetings. Like the last thing you do, right? You get through all your stuff and you get through your notes. And then um, before they leave, they have to write a handful of thank you notes. Yes. Donors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then they get to know the little backstory on who that is. They don't need to know how much. I mean, that's, that's the other thing too. They don't need to know what the person gave. Cause I think that actually makes it a, a lot better and more authentic. I don't know what you gave but I'm a board member of whatever organization. I just want to let you know how much we appreciate blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. They get to then be a part of the gratitude story. Not, not even the origin story, the impact story, but not the gratitude story. And they, they then, and this is how you position it. It's like, we want you out in the community. This is going to help your business. Anyway, you throw in a business card, you throw in one of ours and that becomes, people will see you on the street. Like, Hey, I got a nice thank you note for you. Thank you very much. Or whatever. They start getting noticed that way. Yes. All of a sudden you are inundated with how else can I get involved? Because the high that they get from the interaction of people right there, boom, got them hooked. Yeah. It's the difference between just being on a board and serving on a board, yeah. the, like a passive versus an active behavior. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That the board members, you know, board members who are really terrified or scared of fundraising, um, it's really important for them to realize that saying thank you is an act of asking passively. Like you, you when, yeah. say, when you say thank you, you increase the chances of people making gifts by as much as 40% the next time that individual's asked. Now, you don't have to be the asker, but taking that pen, like the one you have in your hand, and putting it to a piece of paper and then putting an old-fashioned stamp on it um, and saying thank you, that right there is fundraising without ever having to ask. This is and right there. And and by the way, everybody listening, go and rewind the tape back a little bit, about 40 seconds and listen to what Laura is saying right there, because that's the explainer. That's the training piece that you use when you're when you're talking with your board about how to engage the community a little more uh, fundraising esque or a little more aggressive in the fundraising route. Use that ex exact explanation. That the act of saying thank you is a total act of fundraising, and it's totally purposeful because there is going to be an increase in numbers scientifically yep. that it is going to happen when you solicit again. 
and then repeat and then rewatch and re-listen this over and over and over. This is your mantra going into your training. And then how do you communicate that to your donor, like to your board, right? Some people might not even be on the, well, that's still to me a little more, uh, I want to be a little more passive or I don't really feel like we need to fundraise. I've heard that from board members, like, well, we're doing okay. I think we're fine. How do you counter the ones who just don't get it? Like the, the, cause I think everybody who's listening is probably going, Oh, I got two. I got two. It's, it's Debbie. I can't stand, I can't get her out of this or it's Steve. And they, how do you get them out of their a or B out of their own head? Yeah. So I, that's a meet them where they're at uh, strategy. Uh, mm. So I like to, to sort of find out where they're at, what the trepidation is, what the holdback is, and then try to find small little things that you were mentioning that sort of that feel good trigger um, that once it happens the first time, it's like, oh, that wasn't so bad, or that actually felt good, and see if there's ways that we can find small little actions where they could be engaged in this sort of stuff, and then pull them closer. Um, so don't expect them to come to us, go to them and meet them and try to kind of use various tools, um, experiences, opportunities to pull them uh, in the direction uh, that you want. Um, so, you know, going back to just like leaving brochures, right. You, the brochures are in my purse when I'm at the grocery store, I was at the post office the other day, uh, left a, left a do good brochure or two there, uh, church, you know, whatever, um, those things, just like writing a thank you note for a person who's donated that ambassador duty of just leaving brochures in the community to share the word of your, of, of your good cause that that also helps with, I mean, that's the precursor to fundraising or people in the community need to, need to know about your group and what you do before anyone's going to write a check or get online and make a, an online donation or attend a gala or whatever. Um, so, you know, maybe that might be the lightest lift to get them involved. And then certainly from an organizational perspective, if you end up seeing or knowing that an action that one of those board members took that, that actually turned into something right? It could have been a call into the office and inquiry about a volunteer event, uh, a check that came in, uh, you know, anything like that. It could be like a new social media engagement, right? A new follower. Um, let them know that that, you know, cause effect, like it happened, you made a difference. And that's, I think, where the fuzzy fuzzy feel goods come in. And then that trigger to like, hey, that wasn't so bad, or I can do that. Like, I can do more of that. I, lo- I love that because it gives you a follow-up uh, sort of instruction manual on how to interact with your board members. And then it also gets you to have a conversation with your board members, which by the way, a lot of nonprofit leaders don't like having these conversations in casual sort of thing. Well, it's outside of the board. I don't want to bother them or whatever. Yeah, do it. Bother them. Say nice things about them. Ex- 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 explain how excited you are about whatever. Um, and then it's a touch point the same way that you have donor touch points that don't involve asking them for money. It's the same way that you can have touch points with your board members or your leadership team that don't have to ask them for anything. It's just celebrating. Hey, I want to celebrate a win with you. Hey, I want to show you what you helped me do. I just, Hey, I want to say thanks. They're going to pick up the phone more often. They're going to do more things. If you, if the times that you connect with them are random enough that it's not asking all the damn time. And this is giving, I mean, listen to Laura's roadmap on how you're going to get and interact uh, beautifully with, with your board members. The, the plan that they try to help execute and sort of these, and you're, you're a wonderful sort of strategic plan person that is something that my brain can't function and, and work with. So I just, kudos to you because 
you're both enthusiastic and awesome about nonprofit stuff, and yet you still have master planning pieces in the back of your brain. That's something I don't have. So you're better at me than everything in this regard. How important is it to have that specific plan or at least a blueprint from an organization standpoint to explain how fundraising works or where fundraising goes to your leadership and your board team? Yeah, I think um, you're right that, that that there's not a lot of people that really like to get into that sort of granular nuts and bolts thing or can exist sort of on that that 30,000 foot view, weeds level view. Yes. Um, and so I think, uh, you know, your board is, is typically comprised of people that sort of are more on this 30,000 foot view. They just want to see sort of the big, you know, general picture. And then there's probably some others that really want to get into the weeds because they feel really comfortable there. And they ask a lot of questions that are probably a little bit outside of what board members should really be involved in in decision-making wise. Um, And then I think that's where um, plans, annual plans, like annual fundraising plans, or even annual communications plans, but certainly strategic plans come in and helping provide uh, the organization's leadership, certainly staff, but also board in understanding things from the top down and being able to, when plans are structured properly, for those who want to exist more on that sort of higher level, they, you know, the plan can be structured in a way where they can see that and get their pick, the picture they need. And then that's the place where they're at. And then you can start pulling them forward from there with the details or the granular level people who want to see, you know, all the specific numbers or, you know, program evaluation results or whatever. And then you can give them some of the, the strategic level activity methodology level stuff and then try to pull them up towards like why, like we need to back up. I need you guys to be making decisions on this level because staff's got it down here. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, those, and also the voice of your leadership helping to contribute to those plans is incredibly valuable, right? Like, I don't know that anybody would necessarily be jumping out of their seats to be like, ooh, 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 I want to, I want to go to a two day strategic planning retreat. Um, but when it happens, it can be like a turbo booster for your organization's efforts. Um, when board members feel like their voice has been listened to, their opinions have been thoughtfully like per, like infused into the plans that they've given voice to that. And then there's a clarity too, right? They had a, they had a, a role, a seat at the table in creating the, the plan, the roadmap for this organization. And that's going to turn into like, I want to see it succeed. So they're more likely to engage in those ambassador activities, those, you know, thank you note type things, the brochure dropping, the, the conversations that happen organically out in the community. When you're planning a, a board retreat or planning sort of a board training with some of the stuff that you're rolling out, what is the first thing you do to get their brains in line with, okay, it's going to be a little different. This is going to be a little bit of change from the, your, your day-to-day because I think what scares a lot of nonprofit leaders is I don't even know how to begin this conversation on we need to be a little more tactical. We need to be a little more ambassador-like. We need to do a whole lot of things. How do you begin to sort of shepherd everybody to the place where you want them to go? Is there any tips that you have had or some successes there or sort of shenanigans you start at the beginning of a meeting that kind of break down a lot of that. Oh, so this is at the, like at the, the so we've gotten to the point where they're host, they're having the retreat. And yeah. so like in two weeks when I head to Illinois and I'm in a, like, what, what point? am I going to be doing? Yeah. yeah. What's that first sort of entry point? So, well, what I will say that my touch points with board and staff that are going to be involved in the plan happen before the, the retreat itself. So, wow. 
Yeah. So typically um, what I will do, and this, this sort of reflects a bit based on organizations' budgets and, and, and their position, right? Like what they're able to accomplish. But I will do a survey of staff and board typically. Uh, and I sometimes I'll do other stakeholders. The group I'm working with in Illinois, we did a community survey as well. So we have community voice and I have a report that I wrote up. That I, I just sent it to them yesterday. I sent it to the all the attendees of the retreat yesterday and said, heads up, it will take you about 30 minutes to read these, these two reports, but I need for you to carve that time out in the next two weeks before I show up. I need, and this is why I need you to do it, right? Like you're coming, you're bringing your voice, right? Like you, Patrick Kirby, as a board member of XYZ organization, I want you there as that, you know, you're a program staff member. I want you there as a program staff member. And I need your opinions and your 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 inputs. But I also need for you to represent the three staff members who are, you know, who work underneath you who aren't going to be at the retreat. So the survey represents their voice, their opinions. And I also need for you to hear what the community has had to say, because sometimes that's a little divergent, right? Like we've been in the we've always done it that way stance and the community saying, well, crap, we're coming out of a, a pandemic. Right. And we need to be more responsive to offering in this case for this organization huge chatter about expanding mental health services. Um, so they have like a three-prong uh, uh, pro social service program. And it was like way out there that mental health services, like that's a gaping hole they're seeing not being met. They want this organization to step in and meet it. Yeah. Um, so I asked the, the staff and the board members that are going to be at the retreat, I said, you need to read these reports and I need for you to absorb them. And I put that deputy role on and say, I may not always agree with what was said, so I need to wear both and all hats while I'm at this retreat. Yeah. So I will also write to them before the retreat, the week of the retreat and say, you know, if you haven't had a chance, this is, you know, it'll be fresh in your mind, pull it out, 30 minutes review. If you have any questions and I always make myself accessible, right? Like if a staff member wants to reach out to me, I'm, I will make myself available to them or a board member, whatever. And speaking of, the other thing that I often do is, um, well, always do with leadership, the highest level leadership, I'll do one-on-one um, -on -one interviews. So I'll do deep dive conversations, get it, and I always do background research too. So I get like a bevy of, of documents and I'll research and look for like trend analysis and, and, and capacity. I do SWOT analysis, usually through the survey um, to get that input. Um, and as much as I can get the organization to allow me to maybe expand my my inter my interviewees, I will always appreciate that opportunity. But sometimes financially, that's not that's not always possible to do. But I always do at least high level interviews, the re the background research, the surveying, the survey report and write up uh, prior to the session, communications ahead of the session to outline expectations. Right. Like what's going to happen there? What is it you need to be doing? How do you know, like, how do you what do you what 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 should you expect and what should you be doing here? Um, and then at the session itself, um, it, we start the meeting, um, I, you know, on a little bit of a lighter end. In fact, I was just coming up with um, uh, a couple icebreakers, which is not you know atypical for a session like this. But I always I, I like um, I like jokes as well. So I was going to, um, you know, start off with a couple jokes and see if anyone in the room had. A couple jokes to share as well and just sort of lighten the mood a bit so like where did uh where did captain hook get his get his hook where the second hand store i'd see that's yeah listen if you're gonna dad joke everything here that means <laughs> you know we become super best friends and that <laughs> so here's what i love here's what i love about the way that you've laid this out too and even if 
you don't uh, throw a phone call uh, toward Laura's way to fly her out to go do this. If you're trying to do a small version of it, this is essentially your own board's feasibility study to what it can actually accomplish. What she's, what, what you're just listing out is one-on-one interviews, community surveys, internal sort of goals and things. You put together, even if it's just in your brain or you write it down in a very short sort of agenda, you've essentially put together a feasibility study for your own organization and the success that, and the, the capacity that it has for a successful rollout of whatever fundraising plan you're developing, your, uh, your, uh, your action plan to get them to be ambassadors, and you are proving the point before you even start the meeting. I love the one-on-ones. I love the questions. Again, it's a touch point without asking them for money. It's a uh, it's telling them that you're thinking a little bit differently and more uh, analytically and aggressively about what the purpose and the mission and the vision of the organization is. It puts you at a professional level that I don't think they probably expected in that in that case, which is really kind of interesting. But again, it's just picking up the phone and talking to them. It's just sending out a note that says, hey, we'd love your perspective. Now you're asking them something that's monetarily significant, but it's maybe time and perspective, which is just as, if not more valuable. And then you set the table at the board meeting to say, okay, your personal goal as the executive director, the, the leader is trying to get them to do this. You've now gathered all this information and now you can kind of shepherd the conversation a little bit more in your favor to get them to do the things they need to do without, you need to do this and this. The survey results have come in. We're seeing a lot of people who want to see this, this, and this. This is something that the board can do. I That's brilliant. That's absolutely brilliant. And I appreciate and the, the The survey oftentimes as well. So like, I, I love the idea that it, that it uh, illustrate or illuminates the, like opportunity, right? And it yeah. shares dreams and things like that. But oftentimes it acts as a bumper as well, um, because those dreams have to come up against the the realities of capacity in the organization. Yeah. And so, right, if the if if so, some of the questions that I often ask is like, you know, what like on a scale of one to five or ten or whatever, you know, how how willing are you to be engaged in fundraising needs for the organization? And then I'll I'll list out what some of those might look like. Mm-hmm. And then if everything, um, you know, when I ask board and everything comes back at like the two or three range. But then they tell staff that we should be raising, you know, like we should start a capital campaign. I'm going to be like, uh-huh, you know, like, um, so let's like, let's bring that slide back up that talked about your willingness to be engaged. And let's have a conversation about, you know, setting yourself on a track for success. So one of these two things has to change. Which one do you want it to be? Yeah. And you're armed with that information too. You're not just guessing, you know, you're, you're, you're laying it out. You're, you're, you've gotten uh, proof of concept. You've gotten some quotes, you've got some uh, perspectives from other people. And so that's what really makes this uh, super effective. And it comes back to, okay, it's the board's purpose to be their cheerleaders, ambassadors. They got to give at some point, whether it's time or talent or treasure or something along those lines, but get them to work for you and with you and excitably for uh, their own um, either internal purposes or just because they're so excited about the organization, you meet them with their are. These are like the kind of tips that real geniuses who have the title of do and good in their <laughs> consulting names come up with. This is kind of the bit, which leads me to the question that probably people want to get uh, connected to you because they probably want to learn way more about what you do because this is the thing that either confuses people 
or it is uh, concerning to them, or they just don't feel comfortable sort of either being a part of a fundraising or a strategy or a leadership, especially those startups in the in the in the policy sector, those ones who are just trying to work on, uh, on some sort of government entities and that kind of stuff, where your historical jo- zone zone of genius is. How do we get a hold of you in the world of consulting to uh, connect with you? Sure. So um, if anybody who wants to do sort of a review of, of who I am uh, can start maybe with my website. Uh, it's a good place to start. There's a story uh, there, a little bio of me, including the really, really awesome way that I met my husband, which is interesting enough that people should go and look at that. Um, so that the website is um, uh, dogoodconsulting.org. Um, I, I'm also available at uh, email, so you can hit me up with an email. I, I'd be happy to uh, you know, have a conversation or Zoom with somebody. I'm at Laura, L-A-U-R-A, at dogoodconsulting.org. And then uh, I also, I'm an old-fashioned, like, you know, let's have a phone conversation type thing. Like, I answer my phone. So uh, 217-778-1687. Um, and then if there's any... Uh, podcast listeners out there that happen to be from Michigan that want to stop by this awesome brand new office that we just built. Um, I've, I've constructed it to be this haven and paradise of creativity. Um, and we have, there's multiple places to meet, including a second story deck and a screened porch in addition to this office here. And we overlook all kinds of forests and fields and some horses just walked down the road like two hours ago. And so if you, if you need a creative getaway space, I'd want to talk, um, there's always like coffee or iced tea or whatever. Uh, if it's late enough, it might even be a glass of wine. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, one of the coolest things that I've seen is the collection of photos of the before and after garage transformation of your office. And it, again, we have the same sort of amazing taste. And then, um, and then you, you twelved up it uh, with like doors on the ceiling and this thing. Yeah. You know, right. I don't know if it's on the, if it's on, if you're on YouTube right now, check it. Cause it's just, there is this, a wonderful sort of uh, uh, out of the out of the box sort of uh, thing going on here that I just love because I sort of think we have this sort of uh, the way we've always done it is the most dangerous language per- thing in the language <laughs> sort of bit together uh, sort of here. I would highly recommend that you go and visit everything that Laura is doing and find her on social. And we will put, as we do with everything, all the links in the show notes. So you have to go there. By the way, while you're clicking on the interwebs. If you haven't registered and signed up and followed and sort of subscribed to this podcast, what the heck are you doing? You should. <laughs> Truly. Got cool guests here that uh, that deserve an ear and a listen. Um, and then go immediately back to the show notes and go click on everything dogoodconsulting.org. Uh, Laura, thank you so much for what you do. It is so wonderful to find like-minded do-gooders in the world, uh, especially ones that just share the enthusiasm for kind of the stuff we do. But thank you so much for your uh, your perspective and your patience and your and your joy of of helping nonprofits. And mostly, thank you for being a guest here on the official Do Good Better podcast. I appreciate it, Patrick. I appreciate you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you for being a fellow do-gooder. I hope this is the first of many conversations and collaborations. Fact on all of those accounts. <laughs> Love it. Look, as someone who listens to the show, you know that I love helping small and medium-sized nonprofits. That's why we bring on the awesome experts and guests that get to talk to you about how to make your organization more awesome. So I've got a deal for you. I would like to help you. I would like to work with you. So if you're go-to do gooduniversity.com. That's 
do good, Youuniversity.com, and you register for one of the courses, I'm going to send you my best-selling book, Fundraise Awesomer, A Practical Guide to Staying Sane While Doing Good for Free, because I really want you to do amazing work. Listen, dogooduniversity.com. Go pick out something, whether it's a board training or a gratitude training or whatever webinar you want to choose. Um, Use the promo code podcast. Take 25% off of anything that you purchase. And I'm going to throw in a book as well because I want you to do awesome. I want you to do awesomer. And I want you to do good better. Go to dogooduniversity.com today. Hey, did you just have a meeting with a donor and they told you something really, really important and you have no place to put it except for like maybe an Excel spreadsheet or, I don't know, a random piece of paper in your office? Go to DonorDoc.com. Get a CRM system that works. Get a donor database system that works. Get something that gives you beautiful reports and beautiful dashboards that even your crankiest board member will love. Go to DonorDoc.com. Use the code word do good better at checkout and get a month free. DonorDoc.com. Hey, you busy fundraiser. Yeah, you. Listen, I know you're busy planning an event and you shouldn't have to worry about what software you're using for events and online giving and peer-to-peer fundraising and auctions and mobile bidding and text to give. It's all at OneCause, OneCause.com. Listen, I've been using OneCause for a long time with clients all over. It's designed for busy fundraisers. It's intuitive. It's a powerful fundraising solution for your next event and you should be using it. Go to onecause.com. They're a sponsor of the show. They're amazing. They're awesome. And there's free resources galore at onecause.com. Check them out today. Choosing a partner to help you achieve success in your business or personal finances is a big decision. You need a devoted advisor who's experienced and attentive and invested in helping you accomplish your goals. Hey, you know what that sounds like? Brady Martz. Brady Martz knows that you've got a lot of options to choose from, but we're confident that Brady Martz is the right accounting firm for you. they got more than a half a century of experience making everyday count through tax, accounting, audit, and business advisory services. So contact Brady Martz to learn more about their unique solutions that they can provide you and your nonprofit.